Hello, dear sister in Christ. My name is Pat Domain. I'm founder of On Fire Ministries. And at On Fire Ministries, our mission is to ignite a passion for Christ in the heart of women and to inspire them to apply God's word to their everyday life because I believe that God's word really does work. So today, I want to invite you to join me as we talk about what difference does it make, does it really make that the Holy Spirit dwells in us? So do we really know? what we have in Christ. You know, sometimes I think I really get it. And sometimes I think I really don't get it. There are moments when I'm very keenly aware of God's presence in my life. And and in those times, I usually think that I really get what Jesus in me means to me. But there are other times when Jesus feels distant or quiet, and I have to rely on what I know of him and what I know of his word. And even though I know he will never leave me or forsake me, at times I still wrestle with why I struggle to sense his presence. So often I question if it's me or if it's something that I've done or something that I've not done blocking me from connecting with God in a more sensory way. So recently, I joined with several other women in a prayer group, and immediately, I felt the presence of the Lord in that place. And tears started to roll, and I could not stop them because I knew God was with us. I felt Him. He showed up to meet with women who all, with one accord, wanted to meet with Him. And I was overcome with Jesus' presence. Now, wouldn't it be great if every single time that we sought God, He allowed us to physically sense and experience His presence like that? Have you ever wondered why He doesn't always manifest His presence to us like that? Now, personally, I've thought about this a lot. And I'm not saying that I know for sure the reason without a doubt, but I do want to propose a possible reason for what seems to be God's in and out presence in our lives. Now, first of all, I want to clarify that I don't believe that God is in and out with his presence, but I do think he allows us to feel it that way at times. I believe he allows us to feel his presence, that we know the delight of it, and that we will continually pursue to experience his presence like that again. And I also believe that it's quite possible that he wants to teach us not to rely on what we feel, but to fully rely on him and what the truth of his word tells us and teaches us about him and about his true presence with us. So with that, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. So the Holy Spirit, as believers in Christ, the Holy Spirit lives in us. So how do we know that? Well, let's start with Jesus' final conversation and meal with his disciples before his crucifixion. This event is known to us as the Last Supper, and it began with Jesus washing the disciples' feet. And that just disrupted their status quo. He then further disturbed them with the news that one of them was about to betray him and that he was about to leave them and that Peter would deny him. Now, these were the men who left everything to follow him. And I imagine in this moment, confusion and questions swirled in their minds. Just think about the thoughts they might have been having go through their mind. Why is our leader washing our feet? What is he talking about that one of us will betray him? Why? Who? Where's 
is Jesus going? Why did he call us to follow him if he would only leave us? What is going on? Now, after Jesus dropped the bomb of bad news among his disciples, John 14 records that Jesus shifted to comforting them. So John 14, 1 says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Now this story made me think of times when I had both good news and bad news to share with someone I loved. Maybe you have also said something along the lines of, do you want the good news first or the bad news first? Jesus didn't ask them which way they wanted, whether they wanted the good news or bad news first, but he seemed to set them up to fully have their attention. He had important things to tell them before he went to the cross. So these things weren't important for him as much as they were for the disciples that he loved so much. With all the bad news that it brought to them and this upcoming disruption that was about to take place, he wanted them to know and understand that he wasn't leaving them as they understood. Jesus ultimately would come to them in another way, in a different form. So let's talk about that indwelling promise. In the first half of John 14, Jesus spent his time with the disciples, continuing to call them to unwavering faith, to love, and to devotion to him. In John 14, 16 through 18, he gave them a promise and an assurance that would make all the difference for them throughout the rest of their faith journey. John 14, 16 through 17 says, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So surely they had no clue what this promise would eventually mean to them. But I imagine they also found some comfort in the promise nonetheless. Now this reminds me of life before our children's births. We only know and understand on a limited level the effects of children entering our lives. The miracle of their birth immediately resets us deep within. Understanding our depth of love for them and how much their presence in our lives will change us. How we think and how we live is only fathomable through the actual experience. That experience causes everything in our lives to take on new meaning in ways that we never anticipated. Now, I think the same is true for us as believers in Christ. When people tell us about Jesus, we can only fathom the effect of the Holy Spirit in us on a limited level. Then, He takes up residence in our hearts and we experience Him. And that experience increasingly changes everything about us. So, let's talk about Jesus being home in our hearts. In John 14, 22, Judas questioned Jesus about how he would manifest himself to them. And Jesus answered Judas with this statement. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. So our God chose to make our hearts his home. This incredible promise is based on our love for Jesus and us keeping his word as we see here in this John 14, 23 passage. Ephesians 3, 17 tells us that Jesus lives in our hearts through faith. And Romans 8, 9 tells 
us that anyone not having the Spirit does not belong to Christ. Now, last week in my podcast, Through Faith in Jesus, we received the promise of the Holy Spirit. We looked at that initial benefit of the promise as receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. And we saw that the power first revealed itself in and through what came from the disciples' mouth. Their words were anointed with God's supernatural power. Ephesians 3.16 talks about our inner man being strengthened with God's power. And then 1 John 2.27 calls the power of the Holy Spirit living in us a received anointing that reaches us concerning all things. There's no doubt that God gave us his Holy Spirit to empower us to live above and beyond our own human capacities and abilities to know more than we can know, to do more than we can do. I believe that is why Jesus told his disciples in John 16, 7, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. So the reality is what we're looking at right here is 24, 7, access. Think about if Jesus remained in his physical body here on earth. He would be in one physical location and we would have to make arrangements to go and to talk to him, to get his wise counsel, and we would have to share him, his time, and his attention with everyone else who wanted him. However, because Jesus sought to do what was best for us, making a way that he could not only live with us, but in us, we have access to his wise counsel and guidance 24 hours a day, every day of the week, of every week, of every month, and every year. Now, I realize that we have only skimmed the surface of the Holy Spirit living in us, but as I studied this past week, one question just kept coming to my mind. Do we know what we have? I want to challenge you to seek God for more understanding of the Holy Spirit, for more hearing of the Holy Spirit, for more anointing from the Holy Spirit, and to be led more and more by the Spirit of the living God. I just wonder if any of us are living at full capacity of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. I hardly think that we we possibly can be, but we keep seeking God, the one who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power of the Holy Spirit that works in in us. So remember this week as you are in your time with the Lord to really zero in and focus on the Holy Spirit and seeking after the Holy Spirit and his work that he's doing and the words that he wants to speak to you in your uh, journey in your faith journey. Now, before I say goodbye, I want to invite you to join me on your favorite social media platform, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or even Pinterest. And I post daily morning prayers and biblical encouragement for Christian women. Check out my website on fire-ministries.org to read my blog, to get free biblical resources, or to get a Bible study for yourself personally, or even for a group study. And also, I would ask if you would please rate, review, and share this podcast because it helps others to find it. And maybe what we have to say may be the very words that someone else needs to be encouraged in their faith journey today. So until we meet again, have a blessed and beautiful day. Thanks for listening.